It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio KCAW in Sitka. Today is Thursday, August 5th, 2021. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. A sow and her two cubs were shot by Sitka police Tuesday around 5.30 p.m. on Johnson Street near Kikushahin Elementary School. The three animals had been active throughout Sitka for the past month. The decision to euthanize the bears was made between the Sitka Police Department and the Alaska Department of Fish and Game, after authorities concluded that the bears had become a hazard to public safety. Sergeant Brad Wheeler says the bears had attempted to enter someone's home the night before and tried again on Tuesday, not long before the police responded. We had a call that they were in somebody's garage getting into trash because I guess they had their garage door open for whatever reason and they actually went into their garage and got right in the middle of the day and got in their garage and started tearing stuff out of their trash in the garage. Um, by the time we got there they had just came out and they were they, well they were eating the trash um, then they ran into the woods behind the house, and uh, we kind of got them in a pickle. We just cut them off. They ran down from Jorgensen Loop down to um, Johnston Street, and then um, they were dispatched in the front yard of 1410 um, Johnston Street. And they actually did it again. Um, the, the gentleman who lives at 1410 came out. He was watching us through the window the whole time of what we were doing, and he he came out and was like, "Oh, thank God you guys showed up because just before you got here, one of them was on my back porch and it was pushing against the glass window so hard I thought it was going to break, you know." The Alaska Department of Fish and Game had been in contact with police often as the bears continued to roam area neighborhoods. Wildlife management biologist Stephen Bethune says that while bear activity in Sitka happens almost every year, the destruction of the animals can be avoided with the help of the public. Events are are always related to improper garbage handling, and that's what led these bears into town and will continue to in the future unless people handle their garbage responsibly. Bethune collected tissue samples from the animals, including a tooth from the sow, to determine her age. He says that although she appeared skinny, it's not unusual for a sow to be in this condition while nursing two yearling cubs. Bethune says the hides were not of high enough quality to preserve for sale through a statewide auction. And although the raptor center has in the past taken bear carcasses to feed to the birds, they already had sufficient supplies on hand. The bear carcasses were disposed of at the Jarvis Street transfer station. Commercial trolling for coho in southeast Alaska will close by emergency order just before midnight this Saturday to allow fish to escape into the region's streams and lakes. Trolling will reopen five days later at 12.01 a.m. on Friday, August 13th for king salmon. According to a news release from the Alaska Department of Fish and Game, around 53,000 king salmon remain in this summer's commercial allocation. During the first opener of the season at the beginning of July, trollers landed 69,000 kings. The allocation of king salmon is governed under an international agreement with Canada. Chum, sockeye, and pink salmon may be retained by trollers during the coho closure. And fishing in some areas near hatcheries will also remain open, depending on the returning salmon species. Among Governor Mike Dunleavy's recent budget vetoes were $400,000 for the Alaska Legal Services Corporation. That's a huge cut in state funding for an organization devoted solely to providing free legal aid to low-income Alaskans. KTOO's Matt Miller has more on who is using the free legal aid and the consequences of those cuts. 
Rhonda says her now ex-husband was an alcoholic and drug addict. He frequently became angry, verbally and emotionally abusive, and threatened her with weapons. In one instance, he threatened to shoot Rhonda and their young child when she tried calling 911. She escaped when he turned his back. I took that moment to get away from him. I grabbed my jacket and keys and just quickly with that and got in the car and left. He was arrested, but Rhonda says he repeatedly bailed out of jail and violated his conditions of release by contacting her. A women's shelter referred her to an attorney who quickly drafted a long-term protective order and got it before a judge. Rhonda says the attorney also drew up a will so that if anything happened to her, then her child would be placed in the custody of a trusted and caring friend instead of her ex-husband. The situation was very hard for me emotionally. She says she's so thankful for the legal help. Private attorneys can cost several hundred dollars an hour, and that's out of reach for many Alaskans, especially if they're low income. Rhonda's attorney came from Alaska Legal Services Corporation, a private nonprofit organization that provides free civil legal aid to Alaskans. Nicole Nelson, executive director of Alaska Legal Services Corporation, says the civil justice gap is deep and broad, and it has a big impact on the community. You know, there's just a real lack of knowledge out there about how difficult it is for regular people to get access to civil legal help. And this is a really complicated time. They may need help, for example, escaping their abuser or filing for child support. Or a senior may need help with a power of attorney. An Alaska Native veteran might need some help applying for a land allotment or a tenant faces eviction. And sometimes those landlord-tenant issues can even be resolved before going to court. Nelson says all those needs fall disproportionately on people of color. About 45% of the individuals that we represent are Alaska Native people. Community education is also a big part of Alaska Legal Services. They run a regular call-in helpline on landlord-tenant issues, for example, and hold online clinics focused on pandemic rent relief and the eviction moratorium. Ryan Fortson says it was satisfying working on tenant and domestic violence cases when he was at Alaska Legal Services earlier in his career. I wanted to get a position where I felt I could make more of a difference and help people that needed help that couldn't necessarily afford legal assistance. Rhonda had a favorable outcome because she had an experienced attorney who knew the law and knew exactly what to do. And there's research that essentially backs that up. Fortson is now associate professor at University of Alaska Anchorage's Justice Center. And looking at divorce and child custody cases in Palmer a few years ago, he says they discovered that a parent was more likely to get the custody arrangement they sought if they had an attorney and the other parent did not. On average, the lawyer is going to be able to have some influence on the court and on the final decision. In an opinion piece in the Anchorage Daily News, Governor Dunleavy responded to critics who called his budget cuts devastating or cruel. He wrote that he had put Alaskans first, and his highest calling is to Alaskans and Alaskan families. But Nelson says that's exactly who Dunleavy is hurting. In a response also published in the ADN, she says Dunleavy's veto brought their state funding down to its lowest level in 11 years.
I think it's the birthright of Americans is supposed to be that we have liberty and justice for all, not just for those who can afford to pay for it. Nelson says they usually have broad bipartisan support in the legislature, but she does not know if legislators will override the governor's vetoes or restore funding during the special session. We already turn away one person for everyone that we represent for lack of resources. Cases like Rhonda's with immediate health and safety concerns will still be a priority if the budget cut stands. But Nelson says over 800 additional Alaskans, including other domestic violence survivors, crime victims, parents, tenants, veterans, and seniors, will all get turned away. Reporting in Juneau, I'm Matt Miller. The U.S. Forest Service plans to offer more small and micro timber sales this summer on the Tongass National Forest in southeast Alaska. The agency this week announced its plan to sell timber to small sawmills for the remainder of the federal fiscal year, which ends in September. That's to create economic opportunity in the region. Dave Harris is outgoing director of forest management for the Forest Service in Alaska. It's just going to be a consistent uh, continuation of support for local small niche markets and small operators in the in our you know you know scattered and diverse uh, rural economy and in communities. Harris estimates the program averages total sales of around three to five million board feet a year on the Tongass. The Forest Service says this small sale program aligns with the Biden administration's Southeast Alaska sustainability strategy. That included a goal of halting large-scale logging of old growth on the largest national forest in the country. Two small sales totaling around 1 million board feet will be put up for sale on Prince of Wales Island near Craig, Thorn Bay, and Kaufman Cove. There's a micro sale for 10,000 board feet on the Wrangell Ranger District and about 120,000 board feet to be offered near Petersburg and Cake. Further north, the agency plans to sell a mixture of young growth and old growth wood totaling more than half a million board feet near Huna and Sitka. There's always a little bit more demand over on Prince of Wales uh, than there is around Wrangell and Petersburg, and there's always a consistent, a relatively consistent demand up around Huna Sitka. And so we're, we're basically putting out um, a consistent program for those particular areas. The agency also plans to offer wood for Alaska Native cultural uses, like totem poles and canoes. In this case, that will be near Heidelberg on Prince of Wales Island. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. And now taking a quick look at the weather for today, Thursday, August 5th, 2021. Today, mostly cloudy, scattered rain showers, highs in the lower 60s, southeast winds around 10 miles per hour in the morning, becoming light. Tonight, mostly cloudy, scattered rain showers, lows in the mid-50s, west winds around 10 miles per hour.